Summit Church. In person and online, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a glorious day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And y'all, glad doesn't mean that everything goes good all the time. Glad means that we find the joy in it. It means that Christ is our foundation and we stand in him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so that is what we're opening up today with. The joy and the fullness of the Lord in our hearts. On my way to church this morning, I was listening to a song called Speak the Name of Jesus. And that song is so powerful because at the mention of his name, every knee will bow. That means we have the power of the Almighty in our mouths at all times. Even when it doesn't feel like it. And we speak his name and things change. The atmosphere changes when we send praise up to him. And so that's what the gathering of the saints is about today. It is about us coming together as a corporate body to intercede, to listen, to learn, to grow and to do, to be the hands, the eyes, the heart of God. And we do that with joy, not with happiness, because happiness depends on what's happening. When we stand in the joy of the Lord, that perfect love casts out all fear. It covers a multitude of sins. So that is what we're doing when we come in here today. We get a re-up or we get, um, what is it, re-energized. We get our cup filled to then go out into the world and do the Lord's bidding and work in his will. And so I'm going to open us with a word of prayer and then we're going to get directly into worship with Molly. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for every soul that's present today, Lord God, those in the sanctuary and those online and those who will watch later. And Father God, we just glorify you, Lord. We thank you for the work that you're doing within this corporate body, within each individual life and each individual family. And Father, we thank you that all needs are met, Lord God, and that you are withholding no good things from us. And Lord, as we enter into your courts with praise and do this worship with Molly today, Lord God, I pray that every heart is filled to the overflow, Lord, that we run over with your goodness. And Lord, we just glorify you. We worship you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. We lay all of our woes at your feet at the altar of your throne. And Lord, we come in today with open minds and open hearts to receive all that you have for us in praise and worship and with the word that's brought today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Mr. Michael, if you could turn it up in the house just a little, because when I say party, I mean we're about to have a party. There we go. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. Amen, amen, amen. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. A miracle is not a one-time thing. It's a mountain you won't win. 
He is God, and you're no match for Him. I've seen Him do the impossible. Show every giant you have to fall. You won't make me doubt Him. Would have never made it this far without Him. You can't make me doubt Him. Would have never made it this far without Him. He has never let me doubt Him. Many men. There's no room left for doubt. I know him way too well. He's a good God, amen. He's led us through every season faithfully, amen. We have no reason to doubt his goodness, amen. Amen. Let's sing this out. Promises. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, promises. Promises. Yes, and amen. I'm standing on every word he says. To wind and waves, you must be still. He's never lost, no, and he never will. I've seen him do the impossible show every giant you have to fall you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never let's sing that out you can't you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him he has never let me down no he hasn't there's no room left for doubt and i'm and i am standing here by the grace of god and i'm a living witness of perfect love and i am standing here by the grace of god and i'm a living witness you can't make me doubt him we speak to the mountain today and say you can't make me doubt him every trial and fear has no place amen you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him he has never let me down he has never let me down there's no room left for doubt i know him way too well amen he's a good god amen if y'all are okay with it, we're going to keep praising him this morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we praise your holy name. We raise a hallelujah in all situations because we know you'll see us through. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Oh, I raise a hallelujah. 
Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. We thank you.
Father God, for all your goodness, for all your kindness, for all your faithfulness in every season of life, we praise you, Father God. You are better to us than we could ever imagine or hope for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From where we've started as a church to where we are now, all the credit can only be given to you, God. In Jesus' name, let's sing this faithful through the ages. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, as faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me God from age to age 
Though the earth may pass away, the world remains the same. Yeah, your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name in all things. Great is your faithfulness to me. Jesus, we come to you this morning.
Hi. All right. Thank you, Molly. Always a great job. Well, we're back. We're back live here at Grace Summit. I want to welcome everyone, of course. Um, also, of course, everyone watching online. It may be cloudy, maybe a little cold out there, right? Yeah. And uh, the clouds are up, which kind of makes it, uh, you know. But always remember that the sun is out. Many years ago, the sun is shining. All right. We get into light. We get into dark. Sometimes we mean to, and sometimes we don't. Many years ago, we were, I was flying, and my grandmother, who was probably in her early 70s, had never been in an airplane before. And it was rainy. We were flying out of Atlanta, pouring down rain, cloudy, gloomy, pouring down rain. And she was like, oh, it's going to, you know, I'm going to, I can't wait to see anything from the airplane. And we took off, we climbed out, and the look on my 70-something at time, 70-something-year-old grandmother's face when we popped out of the clouds, and there it was, the sun was up. So it may be raining in your life, but the sun is out. All right? The sun is out. So to keep, to keep the Word of God going out, to keep this broadcast going out, to keep the doors open, to keep the lights, which are extremely bright, on, we have, to, we have to tithe, we have to give. We have to give what the Lord has given to us. We cannot, quote, out-give God, right? All right? But, man, it'd be nice to try, right? So I'm going to encourage you to try. He says, I'll give you a blessing that is shaken down that you cannot contain. Now, people think, oh, I'm going to go out and, you know, quote, win the lottery, right? Um, and that's not what it always means. There's other things. We have children, grandchildren, mom, dads, aunts, uncles, all right? The car that didn't hit me on the road. All right? The tree that didn't fall on the house. All right? The evil that came that the devil would place upon you. And he says, no, I'll rebuke it. I'll rebuke the hand of the devourer for your sake. Ooh, there we go. I like that one. That's a devil fighting me right there. I have rebuked that one. So come, bring your tithe, bring your offerings. Let's keep the doors open, lights on, streaming going. Come on down. the house of the Lord this morning, and uh, I want to mention two things. You may be seated, and we're going to do prayer. We're going to do prayer at the end of this service, so if you need anything um, this morning, um, we're going to pray for you toward the end of the service, so we'll call you up, so please please come up if you need something uh, when we do that. Uh, I do want to mention that on March the 3rd, we will resume 
the dinners, the after church dinners on March 3rd. Um, so we remember, you remember those? So we're going to resume those on March 3rd. So that's just a little over a month, and we'll start those back up, and that'll be a good, great time of fellowship. So that'll be March 3rd. Pastor Chris actually has COVID this morning, and so he decided that it would be best if he didn't come and spread that around, and so that was that's always a good thing. So we're praying that he's healed. I don't know that anyone else in the family has it, so we'll pray that they don't get it, and, uh, and I'm sure he'll be back with us next Sunday. So, um, is there, and, if, and if you're sick this morning, we will pray for you. And even if you have COVID, come down and we will pray for you, okay? So we will pray for you. Um, but, uh, so we'll go with that. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about the year 2024. I mean, we're well into it now, toward the end of January. And uh, this is what the Lord's given me. So I, I can only give you what I got. Okay, so I'm going to give you what I got, all right? So, um, and it's funny that at the first of the week, the Lord dropped in my spirit that I was going to be preaching again soon, and I knew I wasn't scheduled to, um, but he, he knew somehow. So here we are. So I want, to, I want to talk to you about the year of 2024. The year of 2024 will be a year that you and I will never forget. Now, you may remember 2001 very well. You may remember 2020 very well. That wasn't so long ago, right? But 2024 will be the year that you and I will never, ever forget. This year, we will never forget. Because 2024 is the year that we've been waiting for. 2024 is the year of the open door. 2024 is the year of more. This is the year that the shaking and the awakening is going to take place. Now, I know we've talked about it a good bit the last three years, because I've talked about it a fair amount the last three years, and I'm still talking about it. And I want to talk to you about it because before we didn't know exactly when the shaking and awakening would take place. We knew that events were taking place. We knew that it had been prophesied that it would take place. And we knew other things that had been prophesied. But we didn't know exactly when it would take place. And many great events that have been prophesied have actually taken place the last few years if we've been watching. If we've been watching and if we've been listening. Many of them have taken place. And we've talked about a few of those um, a few times. But the one thing that we haven't seen yet or just didn't know yet was when the shaking and the beginning of the awakening would actually take place or would actually begin. Now, it was prophesied, like I said, um, many times that, that, it, that it would take place and that during it, the wicked will be removed and a great restoration will take place. All of that goes hand in hand. It's all been prophesied that that will happen. So we knew all along that it was going to happen, and we saw certain things that have happened, but we didn't know exactly when it would take place. We thought maybe, maybe in 2021, because we heard some of this back in 2020, all the way back in 2020. So we thought maybe in 2021, and then if not, well then surely in 2022. And then if not, surely in 2023. 
But then at the end of 2023, the Lord began to speak to the prophets in some other ways. And one of the things he said, one of the things he said was that this year coming into 2024 would be the year of the open door, would be the year that we've been waiting for, would be the year of the more. So we are here. We are here. We are here. We are here now. And you might say, well, why would the Lord take so long? Three years, we've been talking about the same thing for three years, and it's easy for people to hear that and to say, well, I, you know, I heard that, but it didn't happen yet, so I don't think I'm going to listen to them anymore. They must not know what they're talking about. Maybe they're even a false prophet. Let's be real careful about saying that, and I'm going to show you why in just a minute. Okay, so think about this for a minute, though. Noah was a prophet, and Noah said, what did he say? It is going to rain. And when he said it's going to rain, they mocked him. And of course, they thought he was just some kind of conspiracy theorist until it rained, right? And it took how long? Uh, over 100 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time to wait for a prophecy, isn't it? What about Isaiah? Isaiah said that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And when Isaiah died, it still had not taken place. It was a long time after Isaiah said that before Jesus was born, but we know that he was born, right? We know that he came. That's why we're here today, right? Because he came, right? That's what the church is all about, right? So we know that it happened, but it took a long time, didn't it? But let me tell you two other things about that. When Noah said it would rain, it had never, ever, ever rained before in the history of the world. It had never rained. Not one time had it rained. So the people could easily look at that and say, well, you know, I've never seen anything like that happen before. So there is no way that I'm going to believe that's going to happen. And apparently that's the way they thought about it because they didn't believe. And what about Isaiah when he said that Christ is going to be born of a virgin? We've never seen anyone born of a virgin before. That's never, ever happened before. No one has ever seen that. That's never happened before. So we don't, we just don't think we can quite believe that, right? But it happened. They both happened. They both happened. So remember that just because we've never seen something happen before, and just because something is prophesied that we can't quite fathom how it would happen, doesn't mean that it can't happen or won't happen or that it's not going to happen. So we have to be very careful about falling into that pattern because there are other people that fall into that pattern and miss the benefit of knowing what they needed to know. And we don't need to miss the benefit of knowing what we need to know because God can always do a new thing and he is always doing new things. So we have to remember that God will always do a new thing. So 2024, we're going to see a new thing. We're going to see a new thing. The wicked will be judged worldwide. Justice is coming and restoration will begin soon after the shaking and the awakening begins to take place. And it all goes together hand in hand. Every bit of it goes together hand in hand. Now let's look at this for a moment. I want to say this, okay? I'm not a prophet. I do not hold the office of a prophet. 
okay? So let's just get that straight. I've never said that I was, and I'm not trying to say that I am. But I will tell you one thing. I have studied very closely for the last three years about nonprofits, and there's three things that I see the pattern to that I cannot deny, okay? One is that they are all saying the same thing, which is a confirmation. Number two, they are all prophesying things that go together and stand on the foundation of the Word of God. And prophecy, true prophecy, must always stand on the foundation of the Word of God. It can never go against the Word of God. It can never be contrary to the Word of God. It will always stand on the Word of God. And they will go together, and they will link up, and they will confirm each other, actually. And the third thing is these prophets that I'm talking about have already prophesied many things, some that would seem small to us when we're talking about the Great Awakening or the shaking taking place, or the wicked being removed. Some would seem small compared to that, but they have prophesied many things, including over the last three years that have taken place. So don't take it lightly. Let's don't take it lightly, okay? So these prophets have prophesied many things that have already taken place, but we still are awaiting the big one the great shaking and the great awakening. We are still watching for that. And like I said, we were wondering when it would take place. We were thinking, why would it not take place quicker? Because we wanted it to. We need it to. We're looking for it to. Why would God hold back? Why would it be longer? Why would it take longer? Now he's telling us that it is this year, but why would he take so long to even tell us that it's this year? Why, what were we waiting for? Remember the story of Lazarus. Remember that Jesus knew Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He knew them very well. He was friends to them personally. He, he wasn't just that he ministered to a group of people and they were in it. He knew them, okay? And Lazarus was sick unto death. And Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come and really heal Lazarus before he, Lazarus before he died, okay? But Jesus didn't come before he died, and he did die. And Jesus, watch this, he didn't come on the first day, even though they were waiting for him. He didn't come on the second day. He didn't even come on the third day. And remember, by Jewish tradition, if you weren't resurrected by the third day, you weren't getting resurrected, according to Jewish tradition. Even Jesus himself later, when he died, he rose on the third day. But he didn't come the third day to raise Lazarus from the dead. He came on the fourth day. You say, why would he wait till the fourth day? Well, because he's God. And he can wait till the fourth day to show you he's God if that's what he wants to do. And Jesus wasn't necessarily even happy about waiting because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when he got there with Mary and Martha, that he wept. The Bible says that Jesus wept. Do you know why Jesus wept? It wasn't because he was weeping really, really so much over Lazarus because he knew he was about to raise him from the dead. He was weeping because Mary and Martha had a loss in their life, and it was pricked them in their heart. And that's why Jesus wept. But because he wept, it shows you he didn't necessarily want to wait to the fourth day. He had a reason because he is God and he has to show people sometimes that he's God. He's waited till this year for whatever his reason is. He's waited until this year. Some of the reason may be that he wanted to 
keep telling us what he was about to do so we would be prepared and listen and understand so that we could benefit from what he would what he has said the other reason is that we believe that maybe he was just move also at the same time moving the enemy into place to spring the trap on them that he wants to spring it's probably a little bit of both or maybe a lot of both but for whatever reason is this year and for whatever reason now he's telling us it's this year we ought to praise god we ought to begin to celebrate if we can get it in our spirit what what we're being told and what god is showing us we're going to be able to celebrate this thing now let me say this that um People have a lot of questions sometimes when you talk about prophets and prophecy. So we need to talk about that for just a minute, okay? Because we need to make sure we have the understanding of it. Now, so first of all, what does the Bible say, okay? So I'm going to read you the NIV of Amos 3 and 7. And this is what it says. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Can it be any more plainer than that? Really, it can't be, right? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. But then someone may say, but you know what? That's Old Testament. That's in Amos. That's that's Old Testament. Okay, well, what does the New Testament say? Let's look at what the New Testament says. What does the New Testament say? Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So are prophets included in that? The same as pastors, evangelists, teachers, and apostles, right? They're all there for a reason, and that's New Testament, correct? So we can't discount any of those five, correct? And we don't need to. We don't need to discount any of that. Every bit of that is there. So the prophets are part of the fivefold ministry. So why does it seem like for so many people that it's easy to disregard what prophets say? Could it be that some think that because God didn't speak something to them specifically about it, that maybe they're just a little bit jealous? Something to wonder, isn't it? It's something to wonder. Psalms 105 and 15 says, Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a very, um, that is a very strong verse to think about. So we have to be very careful about what we're saying. And that includes about anybody. I think it's a very important verse. So we cannot disregard what the prophet says or we will miss the information that the Lord is trying to equip us with. Okay? 
So don't we know that if the Lord is taking the time to speak to a prophet or prophets for our benefit, to give us a now word, a now word, a now word, to give us a now word, okay? To give us a now word, don't we understand that we need to listen to that now word and how important that is to us? Why would God be doing that if he didn't want us to know it? He's already told us he's going to tell the prophets. He's already told us he's going to do this. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change about what his word has said. It's not going to change. And New Testament says the same thing. It shows that they're all in the fivefold ministry. And so what does each one do? Well, this is what the prophets do. Okay. So someone may say, but oh, what? Oh, what if they could be a false prophet? Well, if they are a false prophet, it's going to be revealed sooner or later. Just, all, just like all the false pastors and evangelists were revealed over the last 40 years when they were false, okay? We've seen that. You haven't, we haven't missed that, have we? There's been a lot of it on television in the last 40 years. We know all about that, okay? And, when, and it'll be revealed one way or the other. We're going to see it if, it if there's anything false. It will be revealed. But what happened when that did happen? Let's think about that for a minute. When we saw false pastors and teachers or false pastors and evangelists, we didn't say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to evangelists anymore. I'm not going to listen to pastors anymore. I'm not going to listen to teachers anymore. Did we say that? No, because God has given us the fivefold ministry. We're not going to say we're not going to listen to him anymore. We're just going to let God lead us to the right one we need to listen to when we see that that happens. And we know not to listen to the others anymore until, unless we know and God reveals to us that they are made right, which that can happen too. But unless it does or we know it does, we, don't, we know not to listen to that anymore. So we knew not to do that. But we still know we need a pastor we still know we need to hear evangelists. We still know we need teachers and apostles for that matter. And we still need prophets the same way. We can't do that. We can't do we can't do that to a prophet or anybody else either. The same way we don't do it. We have to still listen to what they are saying. God put them there for a reason. For us, for our benefit. So we don't, we don't just throw that out and we don't just say we don't listen to it anymore and we don't say that there's no reason to do that because we know that we need all of it. But if we see a false pastor or evangelist or whatever, like I said, we just stop listening. If we see a false prophet, we stop, start, stop listening. But we can't just throw them all out. It's like you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can't just throw it all out. You have to realize that God gave us it all for a reason, and we've got to seek him and let him speak to us and let us get the benefit from it because that's what he's trying to do. So all of the fivefold ministry is very important. And here is why the prophetic now is so important during this time. The reason it's been highlighted, the reason they've come to the forefront, that God has allowed them to come to the forefront, is because when tyranny begins to fully engulf the nations and the world, God always brings a prophet or prophets. 
so that he can tell us what is going to happen and also tell us how he's going to deal with the injustice. He's always done it. If you go back and read in the Old Testament, you'll see it over and over again. God always brought a prophet. And sometimes the prophets would speak directly to the king. And don't be surprised if you don't think some of the prophets have not spoken directly to presidents and kings and prime ministers even if they haven't been face to face with them they've spoken to them and by the way many of them have found a way to hear what they're saying the enemy wants to know what the prophets are saying the enemy's smart enough to to want to know what the prophets are saying even though god never reveals everything so that the enemy can use it in the way that he would want to but he wants to know what the prophets are saying sometimes more than the people do and we need to be very careful about that because that shouldn't be that way so we don't ever ignore what the prophets are saying and we also don't ignore what the apostles and teachers and evangelists and pastors are saying we have to have all they're all part of the fivefold ministry and God is watching so we need to be very careful about what we say or what not throwing off on whatever God is doing so what are the prophets saying now that God wants us to know? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that in a nutshell in just a minute. But I will say this, that um, the, the prophets really have been always, if you go back in the Old Testament, they were always put down because they would say something that you just didn't see how that could happen or maybe it was something that somebody didn't want to happen and you, or you just couldn't see it. And so they always pushed them back. They always were the villains almost. People almost made them the villains. It's really kind of sad because here they are. Most of them are right. I know there's faults, everything, but most of them are doing what God has shown them to do. And it's really like they're being looked at as villains. The villains of today is what they're looked like sometimes is. But yet, when what they say comes to pass and you see it over a period of time, they will be the heroes of tomorrow. We think of Isaiah as a hero. We think of Elijah as a hero. We think of Noah as a hero. We think of Moses as a hero. But at the time, they were looked at many cases as villains. They're not villains. They're doing the work of the Lord. So what are the prophets saying now overall? They're saying a lot of things. But this is, this is, I'm just going to give you the gist of what they're saying and about where we're at right now, okay? So this is what they're saying as a whole right now. They are saying that the truly wicked that have sold their souls basically to the devil, the truly wicked, that have sold their souls to the devil and are planning to destroy America and put the entire world under their control in every way that you can imagine, that's what, that's what they're trying to do. All right, so that's one thing the prophets are telling us because that's what they're trying to do. And that God is about to remove them and bring restoration to the body of Christ and salvation to a billion souls that don't yet know Christ. Amen. That's the important part of it all that we have to remember because we know that one day there will be tribulation. We know that one day the enemy will control the world. He's just wanting to do it earlier than his time. And that's what he's trying to do now, earlier than his time. 
He wants to take it over now. He wants to take it and take America down and therefore the, the nations down. And he wants to do it now. But it's not his time. God decides, God decides when that time is. I'm sorry. God decides when that time is. And God is saying it is not that time. It is time for restoration. We know that eventually there will be one world government. But the, and the enemy will try and to control everything during that time. But God is not finished with us as the body of Christ here on earth now. He's not finished with us. And he's not finished saving souls. Thank God. How many people do you know that still need to be saved? If Jesus came tonight, that would be wonderful. But how many people do you know that still need to be saved? How many people do you know that still need a greater revival, a great awakening, a great shaking? Because when, here's the thing about the shaking, folks. It's going to be a little tough, but let me tell you why there's a shaking. Because in great distress, faith is increased. With great distress, faith is increased. And faith must be increased because God wants to do a new thing something we've never seen before. It's going to be something we've never seen before. We've never seen it before. Not only have we never seen it before, no one's ever seen it before. No one in the history of the world has ever seen what we're about to see. It's going to be a Red Sea moment, but it's not even going to be just a Red Sea moment because the Red Sea moment was in one section of the world, basically with two groups of people. This is going to affect the entire world. It's going to be Red Sea moments, plural, it's going to be more than one. It's hard to imagine that, isn't it? It's hard to imagine everything that we're talking about and what the prophets are saying. It just doesn't seem like it can really happen. It's just kind of hard to fathom it, isn't it? It was for the other people too. But we have to know that we walk by faith and not by sight. We, walk by, we don't just walk by what we see only. We can't. We walk by faith and not by sight. So God is going to do a great thing. And thank God that he is, because how many people do we know that still need him? He's not finished with us, folks. He's not finished with America. He's, uh, he's just now getting started. He's just now going to get started. He's just now rolling up his sleeves to get started. It's coming. You, we've got to realize that what the prophets are saying is not just a bunch of stuff out there. It is coming, and it is coming this year. It is coming. It could come any second. We could begin to see great things happen. But let me tell you this now, because this is also what the prophets have said, and this is what God has said to them. Right before this is happening in this year, 2024, the enemy is going to try to do several things. And you may already see inklings of it. You probably already have if you've been paying attention. You probably already know some of this. You can probably already tell that it's, it, it's trying to be in the works. But here's the three things that he's trying to do. He's trying to bring viruses and put us on a lo worldwide lockdown again. He is absolutely trying to do that. That is the plan of the enemy. You can mark it down. That's the plan. And you're going to see them try it. Number two, they're trying to start a war either a civil war in this nation, because if America goes down, the world goes down. The enemy knows that. Either a civil war in this nation or an invading army war. They're trying it. That's the second thing. And the third thing, a worldwide economic collapse. 
you can bank on it. Those are the three things that they're trying. And there's a lot of other things involved with those three things, but they are definitely trying those three things and they are definitely trying them soon. But God said, I'm gonna stand in the way. I'm gonna be in the way. I'm gonna be between you and them. That's what God is saying through the prophets. I'm gonna be between you and them. It's going to look like you are hemmed in and that they are about to do this. It's really gonna look like it because that's what the shaking, part of what the shaking is going to be. And that's part of how everybody's going to awaken is because great distress, with great distress comes increased faith. They're gonna try to do it. The children of Israel were hemmed in on every side. They had nowhere to go, and guess what? They didn't know how God was gonna deliver them. All they could do is believe that he would. We don't know exactly how God's gonna do this because God didn't tell us. For one thing, he don't want the enemy to know. He don't need to let them know. It ain't their business. But he knows, and he's, gonna, he's about to do it, and we're gonna see it, but it's gonna look like we're hemmed in. It's gonna look like it's the end. It's going to look like a tribulation-type period. It won't be the great tribulation. He's, that's why he's telling us this, because he doesn't want you to be fearing that. But it's going to look like we are hemmed in from every side, and that there's no way out, and that's when he is going to move. And it all happens this year. This year. And that's when he's going to move. And when he does move, restoration will be following. And it may take and it may take time as he develops that. We don't know how he's gonna do it, but we know he's going to move. Let me but when you like I said, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but let, let me read you something out of Habakkuk, because it was the same way then. It was the exact same way then. See if this doesn't sound, and I've read this before, but it's time to read it again. The prophecy that Habakkuk, the prophet, received. This is what Habakkuk was saying. How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen? Or cry to you about the violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Doesn't that what it seems like? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. And justice never prevails. This is what Habakkuk is saying. Does it sound the same? The wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. We're hemmed in. They're trying to hem us in more. They're going to try to hem us in some more, but it's not going to stand. How do you know it's not going to stand? Well, look at what he says back to Habakkuk. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were 
told. Can we believe it? Can we see it? Can we understand it? Maybe not completely, but we have to know what God has said. And we have to trust what he has said because we walk by faith and not by sight. And God has said some things to the prophets. And I want to say some of those in just a minute, specifically about how what we can do to be ready for this, okay? Because we need to be ready. That's why he's telling us. That's why he's spoken it through the prophets, so we can be ready. So we need to be ready. So there's a few things he's telling us, so I'm going to say those in just a minute. But I want you to notice something, and, and here's a good, the 91st Psalm is a good thing to be reading now. It's a real good thing to read every day, the 91st Psalm. But I want to read to you especially verses 7 and 8. Because this is what you need to really hold on to. These two verses, I mean the whole thing, but, but right now, these two verses really stick out. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. And then verse eight, only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked it's not coming to you and me folks it's coming to the wicked but we're going to see it with our eyes but only with our eyes if we're in Christ and doing what we're supposed to be doing only with our eyes it's going to shake it's going to quake might even bake I don't know what all it's going to do but it's, it's coming okay you got to realize you got to realize it's coming. It's coming. We can't, we can't have our head in the sand. It's coming. Only with your eyes. Okay, now. Are you still with me? Okay. All right. So 2024 is the year of the open door. 2024 is the year we've been waiting for. 2024 is the year of more. God spoke all of those things to different prophets. So those are actually different words, but actually they're saying the same thing, right? That's how God works, right? And that's how it's confirmed. Okay. So you may, um, you may want to know why the shaking and the enemy and all this could could take us down or, or why it would be coming now because like I said before in deep despair faith is increased so everyone is going to know that in America and throughout the world that America was about to fall and that the world nations were about to fall everyone is going to know it you're going to see that it has to come that close to happening so that you know when God delivers you, you have no doubt and many, many others have no doubt that God delivered you. The same way that it happened to the children of Israel, it has to get that close. It has to get that close. But only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. And then you will be celebrating because restoration is coming. Now, some people have had a question about and, and don't quite understand when you talk about the wicked and then you talk about God wanting to save a billion souls, what's the difference in all that? Okay, so let me try to explain it in a way that hopefully we can understand it. Okay, so over here, you have the remnant, the true remnant of God. And when I say the true remnant, I'm not just talking about somebody that says, I'm a Christian. I'm talking about the true remnant of God that really believes and knows God and seeks God and is with God and trust God and tries their best to walk by faith and not by sight. 
the remnant of God that is looking for God, looking for what he has, looking for what's coming and believing his word and what he's saying. This is the remnant over here, okay? All right, now if you walk over here on this side, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the wicked. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? They're not saved, right? No, they're not saved. But these are the people that are not only not saved, but God has pushed and pushed and pushed for them to come to him over and over and over again, and they have sold their soul to the devil, okay? Many of them do blood sacrifices that we'll find out about. Many people, you're going to find out, you're going to be amazed is what, what's been going on throughout the world and in America when, when we find it out. Because it's all going to be revealed. A great revelation is coming. A great revealing is coming. A great restitution is coming. And great restoration is coming. And out of it, a great revolution is coming. A revolution of God, a Jesus revolution, one that will stick this time, one that will stick this time. But the wicked are on this side. They have basically sold their, their souls to the devil. Remember when Pharaoh was given chance after chance after chance after chance, let my people go, let my people go, let my people go. And every time he didn't, God sent a plague. Okay, now are you going to let my people go? No, I'm still not. God would send another play. God even sent word to Pharaoh that if you would let the people go, your name's going to be great in the earth, but if you let the people go, it could be great for a good reason and not a bad reason. But Pharaoh didn't listen because he had sold his soul to the devil. He was gone, okay? And there's other people that have sold their soul to the devil, and they're not going to change no matter what. And if they have their way, and if God didn't intervene, America will be gone very soon. If God didn't intervene, make no mistake, America and the nations of the earth would fall and would not, would not be anymore. And there would be the one world government already controlling everything if God doesn't intervene. But God says, I am going to intervene. It is not time for that. And it is my time. And now I'm going to shine and you're going to see what I'm going to do. But these are the people in that category. These are those wicked. They're not going to change no matter what. And then you have another category right here in the middle. In the middle of the remnant and the middle of the wicked, you have billions of people. And they don't know Christ. And some of them even say they're Christians, but the Bible talks about having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And there's a lot of those in that category right here in the middle with everybody else that need to be awakened and, and, and know who Christ really is. They're going to have to be shaken to be awakened, to know who Christ really is. And when they are shaken and awakened, they're going to be looking for him. That's why, you know, that's why whether we stay here, whether God keeps us here, or whether he puts us in another building, that's up to the Lord. But whatever he does, when the shaking and the awakening takes place, there's going to be people looking for you. 
they're going to be looking where the Spirit of God is moving. Now, they're not going to get anything out of a dead church. They're not going to be looking for that. And if they go in one, they'll be coming right back out because they won't be getting anything from that. They're going to be looking for the Spirit of God to move because they're going to know, just like the rest of us, that's what we need. But there are billions of people in this category, and God wants to save them and deliver them. But he can't do it if he lets these bums throw it all down the tube for all of our sakes and he's not going to do that he is not going to do that your god is not going to do that your god said he will never leave you or forsake you he is not going to allow that to happen so you're going to see leaders fall i'm talking about in america i'm talking about in france i'm talking about in china i'm talking about in australia i'm talking about in canada i'm talking about in north korea just to name a few nations will change some in a day in a day you say wow that's that's crazy stuff we need to know it we got to know it god is telling us we have to be wise enough to listen to it and understand it it's all coming and it's coming this year and you know what he says the number one thing you know what he says don't fear it's not for you to fear. It's not for you. It's not for you, the remnant of God. Oh, it is for you in a sense because it's going to move them out of the way where God can use you to do what you need to do to help these people in the middle because they're going to be looking for you. They're going to need you. They need God, so they're going to need you because you're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. They're going to need us. They're, that's what they're going to need. And there's billions of them right here in the middle. And they're just going about their daily business. They don't know what's going on. They know everything is not working too well. They see it and they don't understand it, but they don't know exactly what to do. And these are over here and the news media are pulling them all this way as much as they can, lying to them over and over again. So they don't know what to do. So we have to be there for them, like God's going to be there for all of us, because they don't know. It is going to take a shaking and awakening for that to happen. But it's okay, because it's not for you. Only with your eyes will you see it. So the first thing God says is don't fear. I want you to write these four things down, or, or if you can't write it down, go back and watch it again later, and then you can write it down. Number one, he says, don't fear. No matter what, don't fear. Walk by faith, not by sight, don't fear. It's coming, I've told you it's coming, but you're gonna be all right. Number two, stay in my word every day. Now, hopefully we're already doing that, but if you're not, I beg you to do it now. Stay in his word in fellowship every day. And then number three, pray every day. Hopefully you're already doing that. But if you're not, please do it now. And number four, proclaim what I have said every day. Proclaim my word. Proclaim my written word. Proclaim my prophetic word that goes hand in hand with the written word. Proclaim it every day. Those four things, those four things are very important. 
And then he said two other things. And they were really kind of the same thing, but they were, it was very profound. He said this, and you might want to write this down. He said, every day make my word your first priority and make my word your final authority. Make my word every day your first priority and make my word every day your final authority. If we do that, we're going to be okay. And he's going to use us to help all these other people in this middle section here. Now what he does over here is not going to be a pretty picture because you're going to see it with your eyes. It's not going to be a pretty picture. There's going to be a lot of deaths. There's going to be a lot of deaths over here. I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you the truth. I don't know any other way to say it. There's going to be a lot of deaths over here in this section. And we're going to see it. They may try to hide some, but it's still going to come out because the news media is coming down. Good grief. The news media is coming down, y'all. They've lied long enough. I'll tell you some other things that are coming down. Some of these things will blow your mind, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it all out there, okay? The UN is coming down because of what they've done. The IRS is coming down because of what they've done. The Federal Reserve is coming down because of what they've done. And Wall Street is coming down because of what they've done. You say, how's that going to work? I don't know, but I do know this. God is bringing us back to the gold standard during the restoration. He's bringing us back to the gold standard during the restoration. Do you remember the gold standard? It was taken away, but it's coming back because the only thing, the way the monetary system can really work, the effect of the way God said it would work and said it should work, the gold and silver is mine, saith the Lord. He's coming back to the gold standard. Restoration is coming. It's something to celebrate. You're living in a time like never before, folks. This is, this is big stuff. This is the biggest stuff of all. You're here for such a time as this. We have to realize who we are in Christ and that we are here for such a time as this. Other people didn't get to live in this time that we're in, but we're here for such a time as this. This is a big time. This is a big moment. This is going to be a big year. And now we know specifically that it's this year because God has said this is the year. He didn't say that before. We just knew it. He said it was going to happen. We knew it was coming if we believed the prophets, but we didn't know when or how. But now he said it's coming this year. In fact, I'll tell you one, else, one other thing he said. He said, I rest my case. Judgment has already been proclaimed and I rest my case so it's already it's already set there's nothing these people can do over here now to change it that's what God said these people in this category hopefully you don't know anybody in that category but these people in this category it's not going to change but these people in this category God's got a plan <sighs> many of them are your friends and your family people that you know 
people that you've been praying for for a long time. That's, who, that's who's in that category in the middle. And he hasn't, he hasn't forgotten them. And he hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten the remnant. He'll never forget you. He'll never. So, with that, if you have anybody that you know that needs Christ, or if you yourself are in here and you need Christ, I invite you to come forward and let's pray. Let's pray for that right now. Let's pray that God moves right now if you have anybody you know I, i'm just gonna say and there's probably everybody in here just about has somebody you know that needs christ so let's come down and let's pray if you have anything else you want to pray for healing or anything like that we're going to take this time and take just a minute to do that okay so come on down if you need anything or know anybody that needs it
All I have to say is hallelujah. Y'all, we serve an awesome, awesome, awesome God. It never fails. When Pastor Hamby gets up here with this mic in his hand, <laughs> he is always speaking directly into my life. Yeah. Yeah, I thank God for the leadership that we have, y'all. We might be small in numbers, but we are mighty with the word. Woo, hallelujah. God is so good to us. I'm so full. I feel like I'm <laughs> shaking all over the place up here today. But that's just the goodness of God and how he fills us and how he meets us where we are. I could not have even thought to ask Pastor Hamby for what he brought to us today. And that's how our God is, y'all. He meets the need before we even know it's there. And I glorify him. I thank him for this church body. I thank him for every mind, every heart, and every soul that's present here today. Because we each have work to do for our Lord and Savior. God used David as a boy and used Abram and Sarah in their senior years. So there is no age limit or requirement for God to use us the way that he sees fit. We have to be willing. And we have a charge, y'all. God has given us a charge. And it's to go out and get them the middle people that Pastor Hamby was talking about. He's not equipping us to sit in here and look at each other who are already equipped. We sharpen each other here and then we take that word out there and we use it and let it divide the bone from the marrow and the soul from the spirit. We're just the vessels. And I glorify God for every last one of us that are in here and that we are allowing him to use us. Because these seats are looking like this just for a short period of time. Like Pastor Hamby said, the lost, they want to be found. They coming. And I glorify God. We're going to give a big hallelujah on that one. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. So I'm doing the closeout announcements today. And we will start with Second Saturday Prayer. Y'all, that right there is so important. On our knees is where we can access the throne. And for the work that God has for us to do, being united in this Second Saturday Prayer is a non-negotiable. And I'm talking to me. <laughs> I'm in front of y'all, but I'm talking to me. It's my commitment to God. Pastor Hammond said, pray, right? Let God's word be the first thing that we devour when we wake up and the final authority. And that prayer is gonna lock that in for us. Women encouraging women, I will encourage you if you have not come, please do. It is a wonderful time of fellowship for the women of Grace Summit. So online, if you've never come to see us, please come see us. If you're here, please bring a friend. And I'm going to give y'all a sneak peek. I'm speaking. <laughs> so come out and let's have a wonderful time in the Word. And let's sharpen each other to go back out into that world 
and get those souls. Thank you, Bonnie. Every Wednesday night, our lead pastor, Chris, has online exclusive Bible study. It's phenomenal. It's 7.30 p.m. And it's always a word in season to God's people. And small groups are every Sunday morning, starting at 9.45 and it goes to 10.30. And y'all, first Sunday. Woo, that's next Sunday. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was excited. Thank you for the support. That's why we work so well together. March, this is January. March 3rd. Yeah, we were on the same page, Bonnie. We were. It's okay. God still loves us. <laughs> so if this is your first, second, or third time visiting with us, please scan the QR code um, on the screen or there are connection cards in front of you if you would fill that out um, and let us know that you've joined us today. We would love to be able to reach out to you and welcome you to come back again. And we appreciate you for being here. So if all hearts and minds are clear, I'm going to close this out with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for this awesome word that was given out today, Lord God, to help strengthen us in discerning the right spirit of who to follow, what to do, how to do it, Lord God. We glorify you in this moment for bringing us in together. Everybody who's here was supposed to be here. Everybody who's watching is supposed to watch. We know there are no mistakes. We know that you can take all things and work them for the good. Father God, we thank you that you have plans to prosper us corporately and individually. Lord God, we thank you for the promises that you've given us. We thank you for this wonderful word that was given today. And we thank you for equipping us to do the work to win those souls, to disciple our community. And Father, we just leave here today full from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, worshiping, praising, and thanking you for all you've done, all you are currently doing, and for the promises to come. And we thank you, Lord. We love you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.